Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Friends, uh, a loss today. Lance Lynn was not good. Uh, gave up five in the first. Ended up uh, struggling through about three more innings, but the Twins lose five to four. Uh, Tim Laudner is uh, with us. Now, uh, you didn't get to uh, entertain watching today's game on television because you and Herbeck, you were telling me, what the, <laughs> what the hell are you two guys up to now? Oh, well, we're just out in the middle of South Dakota and uh, hanging out with a good buddy of ours who's actually putting Kaz on the ground. And uh, he's a little up over 300 now, pushing his way towards about uh, 750 or 800 calves. So it's a nice little <laughs> ranch out here. Now, you're a city kid. Herbeck's a city <laughs> kid. What good can you possibly do with a calving operation? Yeah, well, maybe we can spread some hay or something for him. <laughs> you know, I don't know that we can do a whole heck of a lot, but uh, like I said, he's a good friend, and we come out here uh, in the fall and enjoy some hunting, and uh, uh, they've become good friends. So we just wanted to take a couple of days and make a busy. What a spread that must be with that many uh, cattle uh, walking around. There's a lot of stokes out here. Um, some ribeyes and some strip steaks, but uh, <laughs> nah, it's, just a, it's a heck of an operation. And like I said, it's uh, good to be able to uh, hang around some friends. So that's a lot of fun. We, hey, all, we always have a blast together. Hey, Timmy, I wanted to ask you about Barrios yesterday. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's yeah. as good as I've seen him. And, uh, boy, he was a confident-looking kid yesterday. You know, if he, if he keeps pitching like that at the age of 23, he might get called up to the next league. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever well, that, that is. Really, yeah, exactly. Uh, that was a pretty sensational outing. And, uh uh, he's got good stuff. I like the fact that uh, in his first start of the year that he was extremely composed. Um, I thought that maybe he, uh, in his first start, might be a little bit overamped and maybe a little bit excited, but uh, he looked poised and comfortable uh, right from the very first pitch. And so for Twins fans, I think that that bodes pretty well. Um, you know, it, I think it would be a very high expectation to think that he's going to have 32 more starts like that, but he sure can be competitive. There's no question about that. Uh, there's no uh, doubt that he uh, works at it. Uh, he's, uh, you know, he was, if you followed him on Twitter or any of those other accounts, he shows himself in the winter pushing trucks around and stuff. And uh, he's a little more uh, muscular. Each year he gets a little more filled out. Not not big, though, but he's, uh, you don't want a pitcher to get muscle bound. But, man, he, want, he wants to be good. There's no doubt about that. Well, you got to give him credit for that. I think that, uh, and I think he's also a fine young man. He's certainly, uh, for Paul Molitor and uh, new pitching coach Garvin Alston, I think he's, uh, probably a dream, and uh, it's a kind of a kid that you don't have any worries when you hand him the ball every fourth or fifth day. 
Hey, the uh, breaking ball is uh, that's that's uh, I, I mean ninety three ninety four is not bad, but the uh, that breaking ball is uh, special, don't you think? That's a that's a devastating pitch for that young man, and uh, you know that's the kind of a pitch that certainly when I was coming up, it was a time to sit down and write that letter home and say yeah, it won't be long before it'll be home. <laughs> um, yes, it's a, a very, very good breaking pitch. He's also got a really nice change up to go along with it. And so he's still, believe it or not, learning how to pitch. He's still learning the hitters around the league. And uh, obviously the more he goes out there, the better he's going to uh, continue to get. If he can get better than, than what he did on Sunday. But uh, yeah, he's the kind of, uh, kind of a guy that, uh, you really like having on your team, and you're glad that you don't have to face him. And he uh, ran it inside on Manny a couple of times, Machado a couple of times right away in the first inning. I, uh, you know, I, I, they were they were both to get him off, get Manny off the plate pitches. They weren't actually, you know, he wasn't buzzing him, <laughs> but he, but that was nice to see right off the bat because Manny gave the umpire a look after the second one. Um, he's got a little moxie, and uh, you like to see that in a young kid. He's competitive. Um, and and you you like to see that in a young pitcher like that, uh, a kid that's not afraid to uh, you know buzz the tire. He's not out to hurt anybody, but he is out there to let people know that he is on the mound, and uh, this is what he's got, and he's going to bring his best, and he's going to be competitive. I'm, you know, I'm not going to make comparisons to Bob Gibson or Don Drysdale. Those guys didn't have any qualms, or even Nolan Ryan about. Uh, sticking one in somebody's ribs or somebody's thigh, but um, very rarely, it's rare that you see a pitcher go out on the mound that will make a hitter get off the plate in this day and age. Hitters, as soon as you uh, buzz them, as soon as you try to get them off the plate, they get all defensive and and uh, you know sometimes it gets to be a little bit too much drama, but it's nice to see from a pitcher once in a while that's not afraid to come hard inside to open up that outside corner. People uh, can get, and I, and I think maybe we in the media would be among them, can get a little impatient when you hear about a kid and how good he's going to be, and then he comes up and he struggles. But uh, I guess my example of that would always be the guy you had a chance to catch from the get-go, Frankie Viola, uh, who was, uh, what, his first two years, he was 11 and 25 or something like that. You mm-hmm. just hang with it when they got talent. And you never know what's going to happen or um, you know, you bring up Frankie Viola and the fact that, you know, it took him some time and the work that he put in with Johnny Padres to develop that changeup that became a devastating changeup that became an out pitch that became a pitch, uh, in which he became Cy Young award winner. Um, yeah, you don't ever want to give up on a kid like that. And I think the weekend, uh, Derek Falvey popped into, um, Dick and Butch TV booth and talked about the fact that, uh, you know, from a general manager standpoint, developing players and uh, watching players as they continue to develop, and uh, you know, you got to have a, a great deal of patience in trying to figure out what somebody's top end is going to be and where they're going to land at some point in time. Brios is obviously one of those guys that has shown up early and um, shown the ability to get people out at a very young age, and he looks like he's going to continue to get better. So. 
Uh, those are the guys that you like to see come along. There's some others that maybe have to be just a little bit more patient with. Tim, uh, Minnesota boy, you played some of those high school baseball games when it was 30 degrees in April. What's the difference uh, between uh, cold weather baseball and uh, baseball being played when it's supposed to be? Because it's going to be it's freezing right now uh, all in the north, and it's going to be freezing here this weekend. What? Do you, how do you get that out of your mind? Well, you just have to understand that uh, it's the same for both teams. Um, you go out and you play a nine-inning game. This, these games that uh, the Twins are playing now in Pittsburgh and the games that they're going to play this weekend at home are just as important as the games in July and September. So figure out a way to be competitive. Figure out a way uh, to try to win a ball game. Um, pitch, play defense, try to stretch out a couple of runs and be on the top end of that when the game ends. And you don't worry about the cold. And, you know, it is what it is. Maybe we have to adopt a little bit of the Bud Grant style. It's cold. It's cold. So what? Well, at least they can heat the grass down and keep your feet warm at this place compared to, of course, you were in the domes. Listen, they got heated dugouts, too. The seats in the dugouts are heated. (laughs) They get those things going up about uh, 100 degrees, and uh, I think, Okay. Hey, uh, With the fabrics that, that these guys wear um, underneath their uniforms and the uniforms, um, you get the blood flowing a little bit, and you stay pretty warm. I don't think there's going to be any problems. We've, we've opened up already a couple of times at Target Field when the temperature's been 34, 35 degrees. Hey, Tim, uh, your your buddy Big Herbie there always loved the dome and got mad at people who ripped the dome. There's, uh, there's, some, th- there's some things to be said about playing in that place. Yeah, there it is. But uh, those are some sometimes some of the arguments that he and I have. We have fond fond memories of that place. But uh, given the opportunity, I'd have pushed the plunger when the dynamite went off. I didn't see that. All righty. Well, uh, good luck out there on the cattle ranch. Uh, you, I hope you're wearing a cowboy hat or something. Well. Um, we're going to be looking when we get back to town, somebody to hose off our boots. And if there's anybody that wants to volunteer for that job, we'll be happy to take applications. <laughs> All right. All right, Tim. See you at the ball yard. See you. Thanks for coming, Patrick. Thanks for having me today, buddy. All right. Tim Wander, you can hear him on FS. And uh, Smalley's got the duties uh, this week, I guess, until uh, Thursday. But uh, Could you imagine? The language that's out there being used between him and Herbeck on a cattle ranch, that would be spectacular. Um, but what kind of guys are they? I mean, what kind of blue-collar, you know, ball players are they that they got a buddy out in, out in who they go hunting out in, yep. out in the Dakotas with, but they drive out there to help them throw hay to the cattle because they're calving. How big an operation is it if you got 700 calves? I'm picturing. I don't want to be in on that. I couldn't handle one. Oh, I'm not. No, you'd be yeah. awful at it. Yeah, yeah I would. <laughs> but I'm. I'm picturing a lot of. Uh, There's too much mooing when that stuff too goes much on. Too much agonized mooing. Oh, I only wish Kenny was here to yeah. offer up his comments on <laughs> yes. on all of us idiots. <laughs> yes. Well, well, we thought Herbie and Laudner were. Idiots and they're out there well, helping them out. Wait, maybe that's where Kenny is. <laughs> he could. He, he would have. Oh, along. he would have went with him. Absolutely. He went along. Hell yes. All right, uh, we uh, shall return. This is the ride with Racy. And now, Joe and 
Pat present Sports Talk's Person of the Day. Ogumbawale for the win. Enrique Ogumbawale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. All right. We have seen nothing like this in the history of NCAA basketball. Leitner hit one shot, right? Leitner yep. hit one memorable shot. And that was in the Elite Eight. In the Elite Eight. Uh, the George, I can't remember what George, the George kid from UConn 15 years ago hit an amazing shot. We've had, uh, you know, a few shots that won. Villanova. Villanova. The kid from Villanova. Last time, Villanova. Who made yeah. the shot? I can't remember. Number two, that's all uh, I remember. Chris, Chris Jenkins, I think. Chris yeah, you're Jenkins. right. Yep. Chris yeah. Jenkins. We've made some wonderful shots. Nobody's done it in the semis and then the finals. And uh, this Irish kid, Iriki O. Gunball Wally. Uh, I think we got that O in there. <laughs> no, uh, what a player she is. She's a Milwaukee uh, lass. Her, uh, her parents are from Nigeria. And uh, her dad fought in the Nigerian army. They ended up uh, mm. moving over here, uh, settled in Milwaukee, and uh, she's a fantastic player. Her brother play was a running back for Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Re- I yeah. was wondering if that there was, was a brother. relation there. Okay. That was her brother, and I think her sister. I read plays soccer at uh, Division One someplace too, and she was a great soccer player. But uh, of course, chose basketball, and Notre Dame is eternally grateful for it. The shot she hit Friday was fun because it beat UConn, right? Yep. And if if you watch that game Friday night, uh, and if you root for UConn to lose, which you basically have to. Yeah, right? you are I mean, obligated you, to do so. If you're an American, so. you yes. hate it. I mean, you want them to lose. Uh, you, know, I, you know, if you're within 20 miles of stores, Connecticut, you can root for them. If you're anywhere else Or if you're like country, Maya Moore or something. Yeah, 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 oh, sure, Maya. You know, I'm yeah. sure uh, Rebecca Lobo, all of They have the right Diana to root Tarazi for them. and all of them, yeah. They have the right to, yeah. But that's why you root against UConn, because they had all those players. <laughs> they had basically half of the all-star team in the WNBA, right? The Olympic oh, team. Oh, God, is, yes. They could just send the UConn alums mm-hmm. to the Olympic team, and it would be uh, <laughs> yeah. just fine. So you got to root against UConn. But they have a five-point lead Friday night. With, with like 30 seconds with, left. Yeah, with no time left. They give up a three, when, and you could see the coach, Muffin McGraw. Mm-hmm. Muffin McGraw, yeah. Very upset that they let him shoot the three. And then they called a timeout, and she didn't want them to, to move it up to, because they move, in the women's they game, the they half, move yep. it to the half court, but she didn't want them to because that was the only one they had left. She wanted them to save it in case they were inbounded. Anyway, they give up the three. Then they throw the ball away mm-hmm. on the inbounds play, and Yukon uh, goes and lays it in. And you say at that time, this game goes to overtime. They got no chance. Deflated they just yep. absolutely choked away a five-point lead. In fact, Yukon had a last shot in that game in regulation. But then Notre Dame goes. Yukon has them down. Now Yukon was ahead of them, what? Four, five, and and they came back and had it tied, and then this kid hits the game-winning jumper at the buzzer. One-tenth, one right? Something like There's that. There's one second left. Yeah, yeah, one second. She hits it one second. Well, you could see the hangover in Notre Dame last night that they were 
drained from beating UConn, you know, emotionally yeah. drained, everything else. Mississippi State was taking it to them. Mississippi State's the team to beat UConn last, last year, year on a buzzer beater. And then lost to South Carolina. Yeah. UConn's two losses have been buzzer beaters in overtime. <laughs> they, in the last two years, they've lost two games. Buzzer 70 beaters, victories. Semifinals, in yeah. Last yeah. yeah. two years. And so, it, no, but Notre Dame gets their game together. They made no threes, and, and, and this kid was 5 for 20, I think, from the field, and she's their star. Mm. But that, that shot she hits to win the game is one of the most acrobatic, craziest shots you'll ever see made. Because she's it's behind a three-point line on the right. She's almost moving. She's moving sideways. Yeah. And she just kind of has to off throw balance. it up there. Off balance. Whoosh. And uh, there was one-tenth of a second. They had to get the Mississippi State team to come back. But uh, this kid will. This kid, let's see. Notre Dame, we got... We got Joe Theismann and his Heisman, right? Mm-hmm. We have, you know, incredible numbers of uh, famous athletes. Man, men's basketball, Austin Carr, the great Austin Carr. This kid is going to go down as uh, in the Notre Dame lore, oh, yeah. baby. It's yeah. uh, unbelievable. Did, they win the national championship, and she made two shots for the ages. And and it's big for Notre Dame because the last time we saw. You know Notre Dame on a on a huge like major college football or college stage it was with them getting blown out in the national championship game by Alabama. Yeah, and you know the whole Manti Teo yeah. thing, and this now can allow them to sort of forget yes, about that. A and bit. you know what's interesting too, when you see really successful female athletes, women's athletes in basketball, every guy they interview after a game is a stiff, right? I mean, eighty percent of them have got nothing to say. Sure, right? They're just stiffs. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they're some spewing cliche. This kid's fantastic. I mean, I mean, she's got no. some personality. Oh, really? She's got the thing going with Kobe. You know, Kobe, oh, I did see that Kobe on Twitter. Yeah. A, yeah. Why is Kobe connected to UConn? What was his? What was he was there to cheer for UConn, and then he stayed. But he said he said know. we're a UConn family or something. I don't know okay. what his connection was. But he said to her, uh, after that she made this shot, he congratulated her, but he said, you haven't finished the job yet. You know, you got to go get it and done. So right? they asked her about that after the game. And she says, we finished it now or something like that. She had some real personality. <laughs> Did you so. guys see uh, Rado's tweet, by the way, about the game? This mm-hmm. is this is great. And why 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 Ray Rado's an absolute follow on Twitter. So after the buzzer beater against mm-hmm. UConn, he tweets out, it occurs to me that if Notre Dame Mississippi State doesn't go to triple overtime today and is decided on a forty foot off the balance buzzer beater, someone will say, "What's wrong with women's basketball?" <laughs> yeah. To which then, after she made the shot again, he went, "Or that." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just great. Yeah, it is, and I'll tell you, you know, my most famous—I wouldn't call it a feud—my most famous battle in. My long and storied career, March 2nd, 1991, uh, deriding women's basketball basically as a concept. Right. <laughs> okay. Yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, it has changed a lot in 27 years. Yes, it has. These kids are pretty damn good. They can, you know what the difference is? They can handle a ball and they can shoot the ball. And it, you know, back in the, Formative years, and I consider the first 20 years pretty much to be the formative years. 
There was way too many wrestling matches for the basketball. But now a kid gets her hands on a ball. It's hers. She can, you know, and then she can go off and make plays. And this kid goes and there were, at the end of that UConn-Notre Dame game, that overtime and the last five minutes of that game, they were making plays. Yeah. They were making. It was great. Well, when we were watching were the Gopher game. basketball plays. They're making legit shots from deep. I mean, it's, yeah. it's no joke. No, it was uh, it was fantastic, and this kid uh, this kid is uh, you know right now she's a junior. She might be the front runner for the Sports Illustrated Sports Person of the Year. Oh huh? yeah, she'll have to put out the line. And you know what? If she was a golfer, we'd have her throw out the first ball Thursday instead of Schuster <laughs> and the Olympic hockey team, which is my prediction, the women's team. And you know what? With with UConn getting beat these last two years in the Final Four, I mean this is. It's bringing a lot of attention to you know, the sport itself. You know what UConn's good. big problem is right now? That they're playing in that conference. Yeah, they're not They're not being nobody, challenged. I mean, even in the Big East, they at least played two games a year against Notre Dame, right? Mm-hmm. Back yeah. when Notre Dame was in that Big East. No, there's nobody to play. Yeah. You know, they, they, you know they're they in a 14-team team. They have yet to they lose a lo- conference game yeah, they since they moved the into that conference. Game. No, who are they going to lose to? <laughs> they never lose to. You know, they'd need a fluenza, influenza epidemic. <laughs> they'd have to be playing their uh, student managers, and they'd still probably win. But, hey, uh, congratulations to that Irish lass, Arika <laughs> O. Gunbawali. <laughs> Wait, how is that? How is that last name spelled again? O. Yep. Apostrophe. G-U-N-B-O-W-A-L-E. I believe it's pronounced. Is it the number of amateur Yes, and I might have more trouble with this name than that one, but uh, what a player. Uh, and uh, what a what an event for Notre Dame. She's going to be a heroine on that campus, I'll tell you that. Florida International is parting ways with head coach Anthony Evans. You know, you know what that where means. where the first call is going to be made. Absolutely. First, I gotta tweet that out. First call. No, no, no. If you do it though, you gotta include the prop plane photo that you had, the crop duster. I don't even know if they they might make you take the bus to get down there. We ain't flying you in. First calls headed for uh, will uh, be made to Minneapolis. That's good. My sources are telling me. What's the outlet that took your? Hot news tip regarding Coach Patino and the Badgers job. Seriously. Oh, everybody did. That, that was, was great. That was great. <laughs> uh, oh, Johnny Height with a sports update. Thanks, Patrick. Hi, John. How you doing? And you'll have traffic for us, too. Yes, uh, I will. You know what? As I said, I don't know if anybody heard it, but it's nice to have a traffic man who's enthused instead <laughs> of, that really wants to give audience information instead of <laughs> scowl at them about how stupid they are. This update sponsored by Concordia University. Get on track to a successful business career with Concordia University St. Paul. Learn online or on campus. Learn more about their business degrees at online.csp.edu. The Wild are at home tonight. They'll be playing Edmonton uh, without Ryan Suter, of course. He's now out indefinitely with a fractured fibula. Sam Amick from USA Today reporting that Jimmy Butler took part in five-on-five action today for the first time since his February 23rd meniscus injury. Come back, Jimmy! (laughs) These mutts need help. According to uh, him, uh, the uh, Timberwolves star remains on track for a return before the playoffs, but any actual return date remains unclear. Minnesota plays at Denver on Thursday. 
there's never a more telling look on someone's face than the look on Jimmy's face when they were losing that game oh, to the Grizzlies. Man, they put the like, camera on him and he was just like, <laughs> what I, the hell You know what he's happening? saying? I might as well stay in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> look at this collection. You know, Manny and I were having this discussion off the air. Are we kind of rooting for them to miss the playoffs? <laughs> uh, you know, if you finish eighth or seventh, you might as well. Because you're going to play four a, here's games. Here's what you got to yeah. do. You got to go to Wiggy. And you can't get through to Wiggy, okay? But you got to say, Wiggins, Jimmy Butler's going to be here. Uh, Jeff T is going to be here. You are our three-point shooter next year. We want you to spend your whole off-season shooting the basketball from distance, down in the cor- down in the corner, in the corner, down in the corner. That's all we want you to do. Because we're not going to let you have the ball. Defense. We're not going to let you have the ball. Yeah, make some steals, shoot some threes, get a rebound if it happens to fall to you, and drive to the basket if they come out on you on the three. But you're the guy playing. I don't think they ever told him they wanted him to be shooting from behind the line. He just goes and stands there, and they never throw him the ball. <laughs> He's got. They need somebody to shoot, they, they and they got 140 to. million invested. That, that anyway. is that is Tom Thibodeau's number one job this offseason is to get or, him and Jimmy Butler on the same page. Yes, you know they Have could go be. out and get themselves a guard to shoot threes like last night and get Rubio. He could you know light him <laughs> yeah, up for right. <laughs> Sorry, man, because I know people yeah. are going to tweet. I don't know. I just Rubio hope he doesn't. <laughs> I just hope he isn't walking around and gets arrested in Salt Lake City because they think he's a. <laughs> Dealing some illegal, <laughs> you know, people. That's not how people look in Salt Lake City. No, you know, they don't look that way. They're, they're I don't trust them. There's too much hair. Yeah, you know, he goes to the airport in Salt Lake City. They make him climb up on the belt and go in. They make him go in. The whole body goes through the belt. They don't trust guys that look like that. Go ahead, Johnny. Twins lose to the Pirates five to four this afternoon. Lance Lynn in his first start gave up five in the first. That was all the Pirates ones uh, runs. Twins couldn't make. He'll it back. be fine. Don't. Uh, oh, yeah. Don't panic yet, ladies and gentlemen. All well, the cheap pullheads didn't give him a big enough contract. Oh, that's, that's why. Hey, have you guys seen uh, Randball's latest tweet? By the way, what talking about the weather coming up for the home opener? You know the the Rodney Carew statue that's outside a yeah. Target Field. You know where he's got the the yeah. bat off yeah. to the side. Someone taped a shovel around the bat. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. He got, that is pretty dang good. <laughs> that's, uh, nice that's to know we got some pranksters out there. They didn't just Photoshop that. They I hope not. It. I hope this is real because it's yes. hilarious. Yes. The Twins are off tomorrow. They'll play the Pirates again on Wednesday. Uh, remember the end of the Tigers-Pirates game the other day? Well, yes. Tigers manager Ron Gardenhire said today, MLB has acknowledged mistakes were made when a replay review Ooh. overturned the walk-off victory for Detroit Ooh. over the Pirates. If you missed it, in the 10th inning, Detroit's Nicholas Castellanos was initially called safe at home on a single by Jacoby Jones, and the Tigers spilled onto the field to celebrate. It was reviewed, however, Detroit players they still waiting on the field. He said 3.51. It was at least five minutes. Oh, at yep. least, yeah. yeah. Uh, he eventually was called out to end the inning. Uh, Gardy argued, and he was tossed, his first uh-huh. game as Tigers manager. He told reporters to the Tigers, quote, heard what we wanted to hear. When General Manager Al Avila spoke with MLB this weekend, he said MLB acknowledged that too much time was needed to reach a replay decision and that the video evidence was not definitive. I, I think it was a full show of Mackey and Judd during the time and, that they were yeah, right. reviewing and that which, replay. And, uh, and Gardy, of course, will now be in hot water with the league, the league for, for admitting, spilling. for saying this. But the fact, it obviously, Major League Baseball 
did not produce the conclusive video that the Tigers yeah, were asking to see. Exactly. So who may, how but, did you make So this was just your impression that he was probably out. But, but, but I, he, what I don't get, though, is the initial call was he was safe. Was he was safe. So then you didn't have enough to overturn oh, no, it, you no, did no. anyway. Yes, no. you, you thought your best, your best guess was that he was out. Yes. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you can't guess. You can't be guessing. Yeah. One uh, one other baseball. Hey, Guardy won his first one today, though, 6 one. Yes, he did. All right. Kansas if, City. If you are up late tonight and you have the baseball package, yes. uh, out on the West Coast, the Rangers are playing Oakland, and Bartolo Colon will be starting for Texas in that ball game. Johnny, uh, you, what are you, a DirecTV guy or what? Or a uh, dish? I am uh, neither, remember? Oh, that's right. He's a MLB, cord cutter. But, but I have you, the MLB you package. buy the MLB package and get it uh, and get HD? Yes. All HD. Everything's HD. Home home and away. Comcast still trying to figure out why they can't sell those packages because about one out of every six games is HD. You're kidding me. No. It's 2018. They haven't figured that out yet. Wow. Unbelievable. So do you have to plug your phone into your TV? (laughs) Not me. I just just go with MLB Network and everybody else because the hell with them. They're on my bad list. (laughs) All right. Uh, John, we better let you go okay. because we got to go to the traffic man. Yeah, he's waiting <laughs> patiently. <laughs> the ride with Royce now continues. First of all, 69, offense. He was giving them the business. It's time for late hits. What happened with Hobie? Uh, it looked like there was some confusion about when he was coming out and whether he didn't look like he was ready. Miscommunication between the dugout and the bullpen. And anytime we have a miscommunication, that miscommunication is my responsibility. So I take full responsibility for it. Did he not warm up at all out there? Uh, he did. He, he did throw on the mound? He threw, he threw prior. Okay. What, what exactly happened? Did the call not get <laughs> down there? Did Hobie not get the, the, the message that you wanted him up? What exactly was the breakdown? Again, I'm, I'm going to stay pretty pretty firm that this is a miscommunication between the dugout and the bullpen, and any miscommunication is my responsibility, and I'm taking account, I'm taking accountability for it. Uh, Andy McPhail is still running the uh, the uh, Philadelphia Phillies as team president, but he has a new, young, vibrant general manager, and he has they took the plunge of hiring 42 year old Gabe Kapler, one of the original. Player, analytic, mm-hmm. uh, new age player guys. He's a hero of that group. And he's like, uh, I know all the answers, guys. He's been on radio, a lot of thousand radio shows. And uh, they, so they, they, he never managed and they hired him. And uh, the, the first three games have been kind of rough uh, for uh, Gabe Kapler. They got rained out today in New York. So they had three games in Atlanta. I think he used a total of 23 pitchers. He used a nine of them on Saturday when they got uh, beat 15-2 to two by the Braves. The last one was Pedro Florimon. But earlier in the game, he uh, went out. Vince Velasquez was their starter. He'd given up seven runs in uh, two and a third innings. And Kapler went out to get him. And he, mo- and he motioned to the bullpen for Hobie Milner who had pitched in the first two games, Hobie hadn't warmed up at all oh. as of yet. Oh. And mm. uh, apparently now Kapler's, Kapler figured out what he'd done, and he tried to start stalling, and the guy threw three pitches in the bullpen, 
and the umpires were watching enough. So when he got to the mound, even though you're not supposed to do this, they let him throw five because the time had already been for the pitching change. You know, the new, mm-hmm. what's it got, a 205 or whatever it is, yeah. the pitching change. Uh, Jerry Lane gave him five pitch, five more pitches uh, to throw when he got to the mound. Well, Snitker, the manager at Atlanta, got thrown out for saying, hey, you can't do this. Jerry Lane's excuse was that he didn't want the kid to get hurt, so he wanted to get him some pitch. He, he allowed him to have some pitches uh, because of Kapler's screw-up. But uh, it it was a complete circus to the point that there's a the MLB guy in Philadelphia has had to write a long essay on uh, let's give him a little more time here. He's oh, getting, really? oh, he's getting killed in Philadelphia for the clown show, <laughs> the clown show that he has turned in. Well, but he's trying to manage, like it's he's trying to use his bullpen like it's the postseason, right? And it's not you can't do that. Yeah. You know, it's it's a you know you you can't use it's March. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's March. <laughs> You're right. It was April. It was March. It wasn't even in April. But uh, he's a uh, he's a very smart Alec uh, guy who runs a team who has been uh, he's uh, he's he's been humbled a little. But we'll see if that boy if, does anything to his arrogance. They, but that's not a good town to be humble in. I was just going to say if they don't win in that market, well, that here's fan the base. Oh, here's oh the problem: you got the Super Bowl champs. Yeah, you got the Seventy Sixers, who might be the most fun young team in the history yeah. of, of the last five years. They could hell, they could go to the champion. They could go to the finals if uh, Embiid would come back. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and then you got the Flyers, who are always you know the, they all love the Flyers. They'll turn on these guys in a in a, in heartbeat, a heartbeat if they yeah. don't uh, if they don't fulfill any. Uh, uh, any of the expectations. Well, and once they signed Arietta, the, all of a sudden, the, oh, okay, these guys They're might trying. be going. Yeah, They're right, trying. exactly. So the San Francisco Giants and the Dodgers started the season. The Dodgers became the fourth team in history to score two runs in their first four games, but they split the series. Yes! <laughs> they split the series. They won the first two games one to nothing. So they managed to split the series with the Dodgers, even though. Uh, they got pummeled the last two games. It was nine to nothing last night, wasn't yes. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Malcolm Butter, Butler has confirmed that uh, he indeed uh, was wondering why he didn't play. He wanted to play in the Super Bowl. He was ready to play, but he didn't. Conf- he didn't confront Belichick or Matt Patricia on the sidelines during the game to ask him what the hell was going on. But has he signed yet? Who yeah, signed he signed him? with Tennessee. Tennessee signed him. Well, uh, former Patriot still remains uh, Vrabel. Right? Vrabel is yeah, their head coach. Still right, remains yeah. one of the great mysteries in uh, in uh, Super Bowl well, and what, history. And what the, I can't understand because the other guy was getting he was getting torched. Yeah. Yes, and this is the Super Bowl. It's not a regular. At season least put game. Butler in and give yourself a shot. I mean, even mm. if it. It may not have made a difference, but you have but to at least that, find out. Anyone, that shows you how arrogant Belichick is. I was going to say, anyone yeah. who questions Belichick's... Now, I think he is the smartest football coach in history. Mm-hmm. I think he is. Because yeah. he keeps winning with with a great quarterback and mediocre talent around him, right? Yes. 
but uh, that this is a display of arrogance that uh, I, I got to think a guy like Brady could never forgive him for it, could he? No, because I mean, it could have been he was Super Bowl championship. And he was flawless, basically, in that game. Yeah. Brady was. Brady looks at Belichick <laughs> and says, dude, I threw for 500 yards. We have we lost stopped them once. <laughs> yeah. It was a historic day today at Target Field. Uh, the Twins and Delaware North Sports Service uh, announced and revealed their uh, food offerings today at mm-hmm. Target Field. And Rookie wasn't there. It was he the was first time ever. It was the first time ever that 1500 ESPN was not represented. I know. Rookie and I usually pre- make it a tag team pre- event. Uh, food. The big thing they uh, revealed is the new restaurant, which has replaced the... Uh, the Metropolitan Club, it's a open to everybody. The huh? Bat and Barrel yeah. Club. The Bat and Barrel Club. Mm-hmm. And you got it yourself. It looks cool. You got uh, the Murray's is in there, Red Rabbit's in there, and Baja Haas. And you know what they're giving? What? We got, you know what the Baja Haas specialty is? Pan-seared barramundi. What the hell is that? Even you don't know, huh? No. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but I got a hunch I'm not going to come over and say, give me some of that pan-seared barramundi. Is it a veggie or something? I'm, or is I'm it a fish? I'm utterly befuddled. I have no idea. I'm going to guess it's fish if it's... But you got Crave. You got uh, Hell's Kitchen. You got Ike's. Uh, not with their Super Bowl prices, I think. No, they probably no. are not. Uh, <laughs> Ike's might be, have come down a little for the, from their Super Bowl prices. Red Cow. And they also have... Hot Indian foods there, which are hot Indian frites. That must be French fries. I'm guessing so. With the Indian spices on them. They also have uh, Kamarchiks is there, Red Cows there. Blah, blah, blah. A lot of birds. A lot of beers. What's Tattersall distilling? That is a... uh, um, Whiskey? No, well, it's... A little bit of everything. Yeah, they've got a bunch of different... They make make a really good product. It's a good spot. I enjoy it. I got to ask you guys, how did the gals do with the Grand Mornay on Easter Sunday, or didn't any of them drink it? Uh, We have yet to open up the bottle. Okay, how about... about, your gal. My gal, uh, well, I made myself a nice little cocktail yesterday uh-huh. with it, uh, and she, I gave her a sip, and she, she liked it. Okay, that's good. And I loved right. it. Okay, that's good. <laughs> that's good. All righty. Well, there's enough there to last about three years, so with a, a Costco bottle, they oh, don't, yeah. you know, they they don't mess around. Three years. All right, we'll be back uh, with, see if we got a daily complaint. Let's hear the boys' daily complaints. My daily complaint is when I was abandoned in that orphanage in Owatonna, Minnesota in 1945, why the hell didn't I get adopted by somebody who lived in Arizona? I I mean, nothing against mom and dad, but damn it. Somebody who wanted to go somewhere warm. Right. That's, that's where I, that's my daily that's complaint. I, I will say that my mother. It's a late breaking daily complaint. Yeah. I will say my mother lived in Mississippi. I mean, she was born and raised yeah. in Mississippi until she was about 12. Then she moved up here. I have asked her several times, why did you move up here? It's very cold. Yeah, she, you come up here in the fall, you think, oh, this isn't, this isn't so bad. bad. It's okay. yeah, we can right. Hey, you know what? It's April. We're, we've turned the corner. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> Five inches of snow. Sarah what? McClellan, we were just talking to her. She seems much less sure of her decision, <laughs> of her decision <laughs> yeah. today than she did last week. Uh, my daily complaint is 
with everybody who was suddenly like on the Ricky Rubio bandwagon because he came into Target Center last night and had one that really proves, good shooting proves display. It was a mistake. Yeah, that, that just that one game last night <laughs> just proves that. <laughs> oh, it was the biggest mistake Tibbs ever made was uh, trading him away, uh-huh. and oh, they'd be so much better off if they had him and not Teague again. Jeff Teague has been fine this year. Get over mm-hmm. it. Ricky's gone. He's not coming back here. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone and move on. It would be great if they make if they miss the playoffs. I'm sorry. I think it, it'd be it would be it would be it would be a little <laughs> funny. Yeah, I will say that. Yes. Uh, my daily complaint, and I love him as a ball player, Brian Dozier. You were an embarrassment yesterday with your comments. It wasn't a no hitter. It wasn't a no no. It was not an unwritten rule. Shut up. You sound like a fool. <laughs> Yeah, and the trouble is it, it it now you see the headline on the ESPN menu. Twins complain. No, one player. Twins complain. Yeah, one well, player. a couple of people kind of endure, you know went along with Once it. Once he said about it, yes. It, but the manager said, yeah, you know what they, you know what. They, and by I'm, the way, he started a rally. Yes, they loaded he did. the bases. He did what he right. was supposed to do. Yeah, to bring it up after the game, after they loaded the bases with one out. You just you looked had, like a fool. How about how about Mike, who called into the boys this morning and was arguing with Phil and Judd about? Oh, you know, oh I missed it. Yeah, know, I think uh, you can find it. It's yeah, Molly's good. been known about baseball for forty years, and how do you doubt him? Blah blah blah. And it's just calm down, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was not Dozier's uh, brightest moment. All right, we'll do this again tomorrow.